Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer. As we move into our second full month of the coronavirus pandemic shutting down Major League Baseball and all North American professional sports, we're talking to a lot of athletes and coaches and team officials just about what they're doing to pass the time, how they're staying ready, how they're staying in shape. There are a lot of rumors and proposals floating around about when baseball will start back up again. None of them are firm. None of them have been decided. As soon as they are, we will bring you that news here at Baseball America. But in the meantime, we're bringing on some players, specifically some top prospects, who are currently just trying to ride this thing out and talk to them a little bit about what they're doing and how they're managing through this time off. Our first guest in this chapter of episodes, if you will, is Orioles top pitching prospect Grayson Rodriguez. Rodriguez is the number 35 overall prospect on the BA Top 100. Really, really impressive young pitcher. He was selected 11th overall out of his Texas high school by the Orioles in 2018. Immediately in his first full season, went out to low Class A Delmarva and had a brilliant year. Went 10-4 and with a 2.68 ERA. Really wowed a lot of evaluators, commanding a 94 to 96 mile an hour fastball to both sides of the plate. The changeup showed great progress. The breaking balls each flashed above average to plus, depending on their best days. Just a really impressive young pitcher, physically, mentally, everything about him really. We're happy to have him on. He was selected as the Orioles minor league pitcher of the year last year, as well as to the Futures game. Grayson, again, is kind enough to join us from his hometown in Texas. Grayson, thank you so much for joining us. First and foremost, what are you guys doing right now? I mean, obviously there's no season being played. You guys are all kind of at home. What are you doing to stay ready and stay in shape and kind of just pass the time? Uh, you know, just whatever we can. Uh, you know, weights are weights are hard to come by around, around my house. Um, I don't have a weight room or anything, but uh, just being able to do body weight exercises that the Orioles provide us and, you know, being able to throw. Uh, lucky for me, I have a little brother who's actually he's 12 years old, and uh, I'm able to play catch with him every day. Um, he can't catch my bullpens, but, uh, you know, playing catch is a big part and, uh, happy to have him around. So there was a video that went viral on Twitter of you playing long toss over an entire, it looked like a pond. Is it, was that your brother on the other end of it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was my brother and my dad. I think my dad was taking a video from the other end too. What kind of reaction did you get from that? I know a lot of people were retweeting it. It seemed like a lot of people were very interested to see you doing that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just kind of something different. Uh, you know, I guess some people uh, didn't really agree with it. I didn't read into the comments too much. But, you know, long toss is a part of my uh, weekly program. You know, I mean, it's something I've always done uh, growing up and I've continued to do uh, in order to, you know, be able to gain velocity and everything like that. And one day I, I woke up and I was like, well, you know, what, let's let's make it interesting. Let's try to see if we can throw it over this pond. And so it really it wasn't anything different from what I normally do. You know, we just kind of added a, a pond in the middle of it. <laughs> it was certainly a lot of enter- entertainment value and also pretty impressive. Is it near where you live? Where exactly in Texas are you? 
Yeah, so I live in East Texas. It's uh, Nacogdoches, Texas. It's the oldest town in Texas. And uh, we're only about an hour from the Louisiana border. And, um, you know, uh, as a family, we have a little bit of land back behind our house. And so that pond, uh, that pond, we fish in it a lot, you know, do whatever. And, uh, but like I said, yeah, it's, it's about 400 yards back behind the house. And, you know, we go down there a lot, so... You know, with that, you mentioned having the land. Is a lot of your regimen now, I mean, are you running it? Are you? Can you swim in the pond? I mean, how much of your exercise is just based on the natural habitat available to you? Yeah, uh, you know, we got a lot of space to do things. Um, you know, when I was seven years old, my, uh, my dad built a baseball field right behind our house. And so we have a, we have a little league regulation uh, baseball field back behind our house. The fences are 200 feet. You know, the bases are 70 or 75, whatever it is. You know, being able to get out there and we have a, we have a bullpen uh, set up for, I guess for me with 60 feet, six inches and, you know, being able to do all my throwing there. And if I want to go on runs, I can do that. And, uh, you know, we just, we have lots of space to get stuff done. Yeah, so what is kind of your normal weekly routine? How many days a week are you throwing bullpens? How many days a week are you just kind of doing those bodyweight exercises? Like, how do you kind of organize it? Um, my bodyweight exercises, I usually do usually do every day. Um, kind of do it in the mornings and, uh, you know, go ahead and get that out of the way while it's a little bit cooler outside. And then uh, in the evenings, I do all my throwing. Uh, throw two bullpens a week, um, so it's not much, but, you know, just kind of enough to keep things going um you know i'm running a little bit i'll probably go on runs two to three times a week and uh you know just just kind of trying to be able to do whatever i can in terms of your bullpens how much interaction do you have with coaches or oral staff are you taking videos of your bullpens and sending it to them what's that back and forth communication like right now yeah so uh our communication right now i mean it's it's been great you know we've had lots of zoom meetings i'm sure everybody has but um we've we've been having lots of zoom meetings we have one-on-one meetings with our coaches over zoom uh you know being able to send them videos and stuff uh you know i actually have i have a couple video cameras here at the house that i've been using uh to be able to video my bullpens like uh, pitch design pitch shape um being able to see ball release out of the hand and uh you know, being able to use different tools to, you know, try to keep my game in check. Yeah, I mean, obviously, nothing really replaces the one-on-one interaction with a coach, particularly when it comes to pitch design and so many of the subtle things, just changing your grip a little bit, moving your finger placement on the ball. How difficult is it to really put some of that stuff into practice just over video compared to doing it, you know, one-on-one with a pitching coach standing right next to you? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, I mean, your pitching coach is like your best friend. You know, he knows you just about as well as you know yourself. And uh, having that extra set of eyes on you when you're throwing a bullpen, you know, I mean, sometimes it's tough when you're up there throwing, something's not working right, and you can't figure out what it is. And having somebody else there that knows you and knows your delivery and, you know, everything, uh, to be able to see you and tell you to, you know, to fix what's going on. I mean, it's, it's tough, but um, at the same time, you know, uh, we're still able to get stuff done over video. One of the biggest things, there's so much time spent on, you know, you mentioned the high-speed video cameras and pitch design and shape and all that, and it's important for development as a pitcher. By the same token, nothing really replicates pitching in games, reading hitters' swings, that competitive adrenaline, dealing with all the factors that are unique to a game situation. How much can a pitcher really develop without game action, and what are you kind of doing to simulate it as best as you can? 
just going through, you know, mental scenarios. Um, you know, having my dad call out uh, maybe a hitter, or, you know, stand back there behind the screen and be an umpire or something. I mean, it's it's tough, but you know, at the same time, if you really work and get after it, um, you know, you can get some things achieved. And of course, not having a hitter stepped in there. I mean, it's it's a completely different scenario. I mean, you could go. On any given start day, I mean, you could feel great in the bullpen and go out and then, you know, not do as good as you expected. Or you could have a bad, a bad warm-up in the bullpen and go out and throw one of the best games of your life. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's tough not having hitters or being in a game scenario. But, uh, you know, I mean, we're just trying to, we're trying to work with, with what we have for right now. So do you and your dad ever get into any arguments over what was a ball, what was a strike? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> he tends to get a little tight. I guess that's a good thing. So do you have a specific number of pitches your coaches are assigning you for bullpens? Are you throwing more for feel? What's that process? Um, you know, with our throwing programs that we have from the Orioles, um, they give us guidelines. Uh, we, we get some we get some room to work with, you know, because one day you might need uh, more pitches in your side bullpen or, you know, just, just how you're feeling. If, if the curveball's not there and you want to get extra reps with your curveball, you know, they allow they allow more pitches for that. You know, in case something like that happens, or you can even come up short. You know, you, you feel good, everything's in tune, and you know you feel like you've gotten your work done pretty quick. Um, I mean, it's just it's a real flexible schedule, and it's something new that you know that uh, Michael Elias and Chris Holt have brought into our system uh, with our throwing programs. And, I mean, it's just it's been working great. You mentioned your brother's not able to catch your bullpen sessions and throwing 97, 98. I can imagine uh, not many people who aren't professional or at least college baseball players could catch your bullpen sessions. Uh, do you just have a net set up with a strike zone outline? Yeah, we do. Uh, we have a, my dad made a little strike zone pad out of leather. So it makes a cool little popping sound whenever you hit it. And, nice. uh, you know, we've got some, we have those, I guess you could call them targets. They're like square strike zone targets that have a stand that you can throw into. Um, but yeah, I mean, just being able to do that. Um, you know, sometimes it's honestly, uh, it's been easier to focus on hitting spots more because you actually have a, a strike zone up there, if you call it. Um, being able to go at corners more consistently and, you know, just have a more consistent zone that you're looking at. Sounds like there's a lot of creative ingenuity here with your family, building a baseball field back behind your house, creating the strike zone with the leather popping of the mitt, at least kind of resembling that. How much of that's been a focal point of not just your family, but really helped you develop into the pitcher you've become? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my parents, my mom's a softball coach. My dad played college baseball. Um, you know, so it's, I feel like baseball is kind of in my blood. But, you know, I mean, they've just they've done a terrific job ever since I've grown up, uh, you know, being able to let me play the game of baseball and helping me get better with it. You know, my dad, I feel like my dad can build anything. And, you know, I mean, all these training tools that he's come up with, I mean, some of them he could, I think he could get them patented and could sell them, but uh, he doesn't go that far. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just been really easy. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty blessed with the parents that I have. Did you uh, inherit that gene, the ability to build stuff? No, not really. <laughs> I could build, build a birdhouse. That's probably about it. Fair enough. Well, uh, obviously, you've got a, a pretty special right arm. You know, one of the things that I want to talk with you about specifically was this year, high school players across the nation got their senior springs largely taken away from them. Same with a lot of college players, obviously, as well. 
You were one of those prospects who entering your senior year, you were known, you had a major college commitment, but you were not considered a potential first round pick or a really top, top of the class type of guy. That winter, you really went in and, and remade your body. And really, your senior spring is what got you taken 11th overall. Without that senior spring, you probably don't get taken that high. When you heard about all the high school kids who weren't going to have that opportunity to kind of do what you did this year, just what were your overall thoughts on it, especially with your experience? Um, you know, I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, I, I would not have gotten, I would not have been taken anywhere near where I was uh, without my senior high school season. Um, you know, we've actually talked about that. I've been talking about that with my parents, and you know, you just kind of, you really feel for those high school seniors, um, especially that those that one or a couple of guys that you know really had a shot, uh, proven themselves. Um, and you know, I mean, it's it's kind of tough because it's you know the, the draft is life changing. Um, you know, it's just a life changing experience, and uh, you know, some of those guys that won't get to experience it because of this, you know pandemic that's going on I mean it, you, you really kind of you kind of have to stop and think and you know kind of feel for those guys because I mean it's it's tough you know I mean I if if this happened my senior year like you were saying I'd be in college station right now you know without a doubt and uh I mean it's just you know I was very fortunate that something like this didn't happen but I mean it's it's just tough you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough draft this year for high school kids because you know nobody got to play um but, you know, I mean, it's, it's just very unfortunate. As someone who made that jump from high school to professional baseball, what advice would you give to those kids, especially the ones who didn't have this senior spring? What are some of the things you feel like they can do to help themselves out here? Um, you know, just keep working hard. Um, you know, professional baseball, I've seen the better work ethic that you have, you know, the more success you'll achieve. Um, and, I mean, it's it's – it's everyday baseball. Um, you know, you really, you really got to be ready for it. Um, some guys, some guys really need college baseball, um, to develop and some guys don't. And, uh, you know, I mean, you just, you got to stick to what you know is best. You know, you can't, you can't change, you can't change too much, uh, of what got you here. You know, I mean, you got to stick to your basics and, uh, you know, just, just work hard. You had a really, really strong first full professional season last year. You were selected to the Futures game. You won Orioles Minor League Pitcher of the Year. You're the Orioles' number one pitching prospect. We have you as the number 35 prospect in all of baseball in the BA Top 100. Obviously, that was just your first year, and the second year is where things can really start to go up a notch. What were some of the goals you had for this season, and how disappointing is it to not be able to be out there playing it? Um. You know, some of the goals that I had were just to kind of go in. It was my first full season and just, you know, learn from everybody, learn from learn from that first full season, all those experiences, the highs and the lows, and, you know, being able to go out and compete every sixth day. Um, you know, I mean, it, success really, it, it depends on the environment that you're in. In Delmarva, I mean, we just, we had a great group of guys. You know, we had some guys – uh, come in, you know, and move up and, and stuff like that. So we had some guys constantly, you know, kind of circling in and out. But I mean, the the group of coaches, you know, it was it was just a great a great atmosphere. And you know, there was lots of success and lots of room for growth. And you know, everybody kind of just fed off each other. I mean, I uh, you know, I mean, on the pitching staff, I mean, I was just there were so many guys that you 
know, that, that carried our team. It wasn't just me or it wasn't just me out there, you know, looking for the win. I mean, we had we had a loaded bullpen, a loaded starting staff. And, I mean, it was just a great, just a great learning experience. How difficult is it to not be able to be out there pitching in games right now and building off that experience? I mean, it's tough. Uh, you know, you definitely miss it. Um, you know, just the, the game, the game experience, the feel, you know, the adrenaline rush. Um, you know, I mean, just the crowd, all the noises, the smells. Um, you know, you miss it. It's just, a, it's, a, it's such a big part of your life. And, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know, you just miss it. That's really all that I can say. And, uh, you know, last night on TV, I was I was up late watching the Korean Baseball League, getting to watch live baseball. And, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, it's just something to watch, and it's fun. I mean, those guys, they play the game just a little bit differently, but, I mean, it's it's still, it's fun to watch. It gets that, that baseball fix for you. No doubt. I think we've all felt that. Another aspect is just the bonds you guys make in the clubhouse, especially you being your first full year last year. A lot of other guys, their first full year, it's the start of a lot of hopefully lifelong friendships and just being teammates with these guys. How much are you talking to your teammates during all this? Oh, yeah. We talk just about every day, uh, whether it be on social media or, you know, or FaceTime, Zoom meetings, um, you know, or text messages. We're constantly. You know, we're constantly talking to each other and, you know, seeing how how we're getting our stuff done and, you know, what we can do differently. You know, we're still we still have that team atmosphere, even though we're apart and uh, still coming together to get things done. How much of those conversations are kind of comparing notes, if you will, about all the stuff you guys are doing and working on? Yeah. Um, you know, some guys, you know, all pitchers are different. And so some guys need to be working on different things than others. And, uh, you know seeing seeing one guy work on another thing and you know kind of perfect it or, or get it get it down it's like okay well you know what i need to work on that too and you know you could ask him hey you know what drills did you do or or you know what did you do differently or what you feel what you think to get this done and, you know being able to share thoughts and stuff like that and you know all the different different drill works and stuff i mean it's it's, it's pretty big in your development obviously y'all are professional athletes who are extremely competitive by nature how much is there a competition with each other? Like you see a guy, oh, he ran four miles today. I got to go run five, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, there's always a competition, you know. I mean, and I wouldn't just call it a competition. I'd call it a friendly competition. You know, you don't you don't really ever wish bad upon anybody. But, you know, at the same time, you always want to be that step ahead. And, you know, I think that's what makes a lot of us better is just complete and just always uh, competing, you know, to have that to have that top spot. It really just it grows our uh, it grows our minds and our bodies and you know helps us become better baseball players. Absolutely. Just before we let you go here, overall, what for you, given the current circumstances, what do you want to accomplish through this? However long minor league games aren't being played, what are your goals for what you want to accomplish during this downtime? Um, you know, we've actually we've been calling this off season phase two. If you want to, if you want to put it that way. And so we're just treating it like an off season, you know, just trying to get stronger and, you know, faster and, you know, and just take the time to get back healthy again. Um, you know, we didn't really have anything wrong. Uh, we weren't playing for, for long at all. So not too many guys had anything wrong with their bodies, but, you know, just kind of just taking this extra time to step back and, you know, treat it, treat it as if it's the end of the off season again. And, uh, you know, just trying to be able to get stronger and, you know, uh, just work on our bullpens, you know, like I was saying earlier, pitch state, all that kind of stuff. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, Grayson, thank you so, so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insights into what you guys are doing right now. And uh, stay safe and stay healthy out there. And uh, we hope to see you back on the field soon. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Once again, that was Orioles' number one pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, from his home in Texas. Just really interesting to hear about all the things he's doing, conversations he's having with his teammates, with team officials, about how he's staying ready and uh, just kind of waiting this out. Obviously, there's no set return date for Major League Baseball, and Minor League Baseball is going to come after that, whether that means players are able to return to their minor league cities and stadiums or if they're going to be at team spring training sites. It's one of the many things we do not know yet. Again, there's a lot of proposals and ideas being thrown out there, but nothing has been decided. Nothing is firm, and this is a very fluid, uh, evolving situation, but the players are trying to do the best they can, and uh, we really appreciate Grayson giving us some insight into how he's managing and what he's doing during this time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. Keep it at Baseball America for all the latest content we've got, a ranking of the top 10 prospects in the KBO, the differences between KBO and the Chinese Professional Baseball League in Taiwan, and how they compare to U.S. major and minor leagues. We have tons of great draft content. Carlos Colazo has been updating and adding new reports every day. We have full scouting reports on the top 250 draft prospects and a ton of great content that's going on in the college baseball world. So make sure and check everything out at BaseballAmerica.com. You can subscribe today to the magazine. It's still coming out every month. We have our draft preview issue hitting newsstands shortly. It's one you're not going to want to miss. For Grayson Rodriguez, I'm Kyle Glazer. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody, and stay safe. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.